This is episode 349 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article is, Do I Still Need a Bob If I Am Bugging In? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like to increase your finances by starting a microbiz, then come on over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com or click the link in the show notes and you can make that purchase and also gain access to the Prepper website forums. All right, so a couple of things really quick before we get started. Uh, just want to remind you to be safe out there. Uh, got up this morning and started working on the backyard just a little bit. We have people coming over, you know, family coming over for the 4th of July, and, and uh, you know, they're going to be swimming and different things like that. And I've been putting off cleaning out uh, the big uh, pool filters, uh, the ones that, you know, you have to kind of undo the big pump and you got to pull them out and you pressure wash them and you just get all that junk and nasty stuff out. So I've been, you know, prolonging that, procrastinating on that for a while, but did that, then decided to pull some weeds and decided to do some other things around there. And by the time I knew it, I was out there a couple of hours and man, things heated up really quick. I think around 12 o'clock when I came uh, in it was over 90 degrees. I think it was close to 99 degrees from what I saw on the uh, uh, on the the pool uh, instrumentation, right? And uh, it was I felt a little overheated. Uh, probably wasn't drinking as much water as I should have. Uh, you know, got in, uh, took a, a cool shower, and you know, started drinking some water. But uh, just be careful out there. I, I know I probably pushed it too much. Uh, too too hard today without drinking water and staying hydrated and uh, you know that's always dangerous out there and even when you're having fun because uh, you know I like working in the yard I like cleaning it up and making it look nice and you know enjoying having everybody over you know and, and barbecuing and all that kind of stuff and being in the you know, in the pool um, but you, even when you're out there in the festivities of July 4th sometimes you don't think about how much you are you're you are sweating and uh you know you need to keep yourself hydrated especially if you're not drinking uh water and those types of things you're drinking sodas and people are out there uh probably drinking you know beer and whatever you know, alcoholic beverages you got to be careful out there and uh, just be smart and there's a, i know there's a lot of you out there that are also just working in your yards and, and in your gardens and your homesteads and and uh i i know you know all this information just a just a little psa there just a little reminder Hey, also, I received an email, you know, yesterday, if you listen to the podcast, I talked a little bit about um, a home alarm system and keeping your, uh, you know, your home safe. And uh, I brought up the Simply Safe system that I purchased for my son and my daughter-in-law and, uh, you know, was considering doing that for my own home. And, uh, you know, somebody sent me an email with uh, some information. I wanted to read it just to share it with you, just in case you're trying to decide if you need to, to go this way or, or not because you do really save a lot of money going with Simply Safe versus going with uh, 
you know, a big uh, alarm company where they come and install it for you and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, this is from Jeremy, and I want to read this email. He uh, took a little bit of time to uh, to uh, write it up, and uh, it has some good information here. So let me read this really quick. Todd, my wife and I have had the Simply Safe system now for three years or so and love it. We have not added the camera function to the system yet, but plan to in the future. It was a very easy setup install, and I think I did our whole house and the garage in about 30 minutes. The monitoring service is good and calls us quickly when there is an alarm triggered. Our main reason for using the monitoring service was for peace of mind and a little insurance discount. The monitoring service calls for any triggered alarm unless you have a secret alarm set up for something. I was working in my basement and accidentally knocked the water sensor into our sump pump, which caused it to set off the alarm system. And sure enough, the monitoring service called to inform us that there was an issue at the home and that it was a water sensor causing the alarm to be triggered. We have found a couple of things with the system to be aware of. Number one, drastic cold and heat changes affect the motion sensors. We've had a couple of false alarms due to the extreme cold temperatures outside, then our heat kicking on, causing a warm mass to pass by the sensor, which caused it to think there was movement in the home. This is not a problem in typical everyday use, just during extreme cold temperatures. You probably will not have that issue in your area. Number two, ensure the command strips have a firm grip on the walls, doors, windows, and or use screws to attach as much as you can. Once in a great while, a sensor that did not stick well will fail more than likely while you and the family are not home and the alarm is set, causing the alarm to be triggered. Isn't that always the way it works when you're not home? All right, number three, the motion sensors are very sensitive, but there is a way to change that. For some reason, Simply Safe does not mention this at all, or I just missed it in the instructions, but you can adjust the sensitivity of the motion sensors by removing the battery and selecting a different position on the selector switch found behind the battery. This has fixed a couple problems with my wife's parent system. We really do believe in the system and love being able to monitor and access it via our phones. We believe it in it enough that we purchased one for my wife's parents and have one ordered for our little home decor shop. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about the system that I might be able to help with. All right, so man, I really do appreciate that uh, email, Jeremy, and uh, all the information that you uh, you provided, and the fact that you're able to set it up in such a short amount of time really speaks to me, man. Because you know I run low on on uh, time, you know, extra and free time that I have there. But I uh, really do appreciate that. I'm really going to consider that. Uh, I think I could save a lot of money. And, you know, we're in a situation uh, nowadays where everybody should be looking at the money that's going out. And can you save uh, money anywhere? And, you know, monitoring systems and alarm systems, I think that's important to have. But if you can save money in, in doing it and still have a decent system, I think it's very well worth um, the trouble going through it. And, and like Jeremy said here, 30 minutes to kind of set up the whole house. And, uh, you know, that's pretty uh, that's pretty cool there. Um, you know, and I'm sure he's got some things here. Like he talked about that water sump, uh, water sensor. I mean, I wouldn't have that in, in Houston. That's not something that I would have. But uh, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that you can add to it. And, uh, you know, being able to monitor it from home. Real, you know, when I talked about it yesterday, I talked about the, the ring doorbell. 
I mean, that is a really cool doorbell and device to be able to, uh, when anyone comes to the door, where, regardless of where you are, you are notified of who is there and you can actually carry on a conversation with someone uh, if you need to, you know, and if the, the neighbors are, are there and, uh, for instance, the neighbors threw the ball over one time and, and they wanted to go get it and you can just, you know, through the doorbell, you can just tell them, hey, go ahead, open up the, you know, the back gate and, and go for it. Just be careful and uh, close the gate. And so, uh, man, that's just, you know, it's really cool to be able to do that. And so if you have a monitoring system that you're able to watch things, you know, through your, your phone, uh, I think that's helpful. Now, uh, so Jeremy, I'm going to just a quick shout out there. He is an independent associate for Legal Shield and ID Shield. And so if you are wanting any of that uh, information, any uh, insurance information, legal information, and uh, identity theft, you can go to safeguardeveryone.com safeguardeveryone.com and uh you know just uh, wanted to say uh, or had do that quick shout out and a uh, big thank you jeremy for taking the time to write up this email and send it out to me all right so um this uh this article that we are reading today comes to us from survivalsullivan.com and guys you you've noticed that there are times where uh here lately where i'm either reading one article or uh you know i'll read two kind of depending on on where they're at. I'm trying to keep the podcast to around 30 minutes and uh, just trying to feel it out that way. Um, there are times where definitely I am recording really, really late at night and sometimes doing two if there are longer ones. You know, I've easily gone into 50 minutes to an hour. And, uh, you know, I, I know I've heard from some of you say, hey, Todd, that's great. The longer, the better for us. But Sometimes that gets to be just a little too much for me. And so I just want to make sure that I can continue doing what I'm doing. And so, uh, you know, there's going to be times where I read one. There's going to be times where I read two. And uh, anyway, so this one comes to us from SurvivalSullivan.com. And the title is, Do I Still Need a Bob If I Am Bugging In? This is one of those topics that is very, very important in the preparedness community. Um, You read about it all the time. You see posts about it all the time. And uh, this article does make some good common sense, uh, you know, arguments for why you need a bug out bag, regardless of if you're bugging in and bugging or bugging out. And, uh, you know, I, I think something that you need to consider, especially if you are a person that is bugging in. And I know that I've talked about this before. I know there's a lot of new preppers also who are listening to this podcast that, are, that you're coming to us from, you know, iTunes or Stitcher or any of the other podcast networks. And uh, as you uh, you get into the preparedness community and becoming more self-reliant, uh, you'll hear things about bug out bags and, and all those types of things. And so I want to go ahead and dive into this article. I pretty much agree with everything. There is one little sentence here um, that I was like, it was kind of weird. And I wondered where it was coming from. I'll point it out when I get to it. And then I have some commentary at the end uh, just to kind of go over and uh, you know uh, make some points of my own. So let's go ahead and, and start on this one. In order to be able to answer this question, we must first define the terms. What is a bug out bag, also known as a bob? It is a piece of luggage or other packing designed and populated to support a person in the activity known as bugging out. That term, bugging out, is based on military slang for suddenly being removed from a position that is likely to be soon overrun by the enemy and transported to a location that is thought to be safer. In civilian life, it has come to be used for the concept 
of when a disaster strikes, leaving your home, which is or likely will be at severe risk, and going to another location which will hopefully be safer. It is also used incorrectly for leaving your home that is or likely will be at severe risk and going somewhere else without a good idea and where that is. This is not bugging out. The technical term for this is fleeing. Bugging in has no intrinsic meaning. If a person is familiar with the term bugging out, it can infer the sudden and dangerous nature of the event. But the action is to do nothing and just stay put. Since we as a culture are happy to ignore language purity, the term is commonly used these days to denote the opposite of bugging out. In logical terms, bugging in is considered to be equal to not bugging out. That is, it refers to the intention of staying where you are during an emergency. These definitions give you the ability to answer the question. Let us restate the question in the least positive way we can. If I am not going someplace else, why do I need anything to assist me in getting there? The answer to that question is based on the flaw in your concept of bugging in. It is your intent to stay where you are. You want to stay there. You plan to stay there. You think you need to stay there. You equip to stay there and or you do everything in your power to ensure you can stay there. However, there are innumerable reasons why, no matter what you do, you might be forced to leave that location. Check out the news about recent wildfires in California and other places, and note that buildings have been destroyed by these fires despite full firefighting efforts. If raging fire is advancing on your location, are you really saying you would stay there to be burned alive, particularly if the firefighting efforts are reduced or non-existent? If the floodwaters are rising, are you willing to drown? If some government agency comes through and demands you leave or you will be shot, would you turn your back and encourage them to mow you down? If a nuclear power plant or chemical plant upwind of you fails and a cloud of radiation or toxic gas is headed for you, are you really planning to stay in its path? There are many things that could make staying where you are a death sentence. Cases where you either leave or die. If you don't mind dying, why are you reading survival literature? Survival is not dying by definition. You have to understand and accept that even though you plan to bug in, you may be forced to bug out, which means that you need to have the equipment to be able to do so. So yes, you do need to have a bug out bag even if you plan to bug in and you should now know why. However, the odds are pretty good you can't bug out. You would have the need to leave where you are because it has become too dangerous, which is the first half of the concept. Since your plan was to not bug out, you probably don't have a location to where you can bug out. Without this second part of the concept, you would not be bugging out. As mentioned earlier, you would be fleeing. In order to maximize your chances of success in either situation, you not only need to have a bob or equivalent, but have it readily available. This means ready to go at an instant's notice. Not everything you need is somewhere around and you can build a bag if necessary. I call a fleeing support bag a good or get out of dodge bag. For all practical purposes, it is the same as a bob, just without a known destination or schedule guiding its contents. It is a general solution for the off chance you will be forced to leave your bug-in location. 
Ah, you say, I've got a trailer with most of my stuff in it, so I, if I really do need to leave my fortress, all I need to do is grab a few things, hook up the car, and take off. Well, great. Sorry, you still need the bag, though. Ever been on the road during rush hour, going slowly or even stopped by the mass of vehicles going the same direction at the same time, with people as normal as they ever get? Imagine people fleeing panic-stricken. What do you think the odds are that the road remains passable? I suspect that under emergency conditions, roads will quickly become jammed and panic-caused accidents will abound and block the roads, turning them into permanent parking lots. If you have maintained your bug-out vehicle in top condition and are not forced to drive through damaging conditions and have even a bit of luck, your vehicle has a good chance it won't break down. But absent those conditions, the odds of your vehicle breaking down go up. Maybe you can get it going again. Maybe you cannot. And there are people. People who always were eager to take what you have and or hurt you and now have no restraint on that behavior. People who never had any intention of taking what you have, but now have nothing and are desperate. People in government who, despite probably being a major part of the cause of whatever disaster occurred, think they know better that than to do with you and your stuff than you do. People who think God is punishing the earth, and if you don't follow that particular God, you are the enemy to be killed, and your stuff is a blessing is a blessing from their God. All right, so that's that's that sentence that I really just don't. I mean, he's uh, so this author is grouping all these people together. So people who are eager to take your stuff uh, with no restraints, uh, then people who really in in normal times wouldn't have taken your stuff, but now because it's a bad situation, they would take your stuff. People in government who would take your stuff, and then uh, believers in a god. And now he doesn't say Christian, the Christian God, but uh, you know, I just I don't know. Maybe he has a thing with Christians. I don't know. Um, so anyway, I have a thing with some Christians too. <laughs> so and uh, I don't know. You might be listening. You might have a problem with me and my belief. But but too bad. This is my podcast, so I get to talk about anything I want. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So I just that was kind of out of you know, out of thin air there, just kind of, it was a weird uh, placement. So anyway, maybe the author has an issue with Christians or, I don't know, uh, people who believe in God. All right, so uh, let me go ahead and continue on. Maybe your vehicle will make it to a safe destination and that would be ideal. Maybe for whatever reason, your vehicle is prevented from getting any closer to a safe destination. If you are not yet safe, which is highly likely if your vehicle has been unexpectedly stopped, then you will have to take off on foot or bike or motorcycle or horse. None of those modes of transport will allow you to take all that stuff and you probably won't have time to select the best subset of that stuff or have any effective way to carry it. Even in the best bug out vehicle imaginable, your bob or good should be ready to go and instantly accessible. So however, let's say that you do successfully bug in then won't the resources spent on the bag be wasted? Probably not. Keep in mind that the contents are specifically chosen to support the most important aspects of survival. If the supplies and equipment you set up for bugging in run out or wear out or become lost or damaged or stolen, items in the bag may make the difference. Even if you don't need them, they probably are among the most valuable barter items you can have because a large percentage of the people will not be as prepared as you are. The only way that a bob can be a waste of resources is if no disaster ever occurs. 
I'd say the odds of that happening are low and getting lower each day. Like all preparations, a bob is insurance. Is the money you spend on automobile insurance or homeowner's insurance a waste if you don't file a claim? Not hardly. Unlike those insurances, many of the items in your bob have an intrinsic value which you can recover if you don't use them. It is said no plan survives contact with the enemy. And in this case, a disaster is the enemy. Whenever making a plan with potential harmful consequences, if it fails, have a plan B, and preferably even plan C, D, E, etc. Bugging in is a plan with an unfortunate number of ways it could fail, and having a good or bob handy is a couple of critical backup plans which should not be ignored. All right, so um, there you have it. This article, a lot of uh, good reasons why you should have a bob, even if you are considering bugging in and that's going to be your main your main source there so one of the main things for me is just you know very eye-opening because i've always said you know we do have a place that we can go to in the country um but you know one of the things like for hurricanes you know natural disasters whatever uh we we normally don't leave and we stay put and uh, we've always stayed put and we've always fared you know pretty well but this last time for Hurricane Harvey, man, it was it was a big uh, eye-opening experience because water got higher than it ever had been, and uh, you know we uh, for sure I thought we were going to have water in the house. Um, you know we just we really lucked out and we didn't. But there's a lot of people that did have to leave their house, and so in those types of situations, you want to leave. Now I really I really want you to think about this because everyone is going to be a little bit different. And so when I look at things online and I see, you know, people posting pictures of their bobs in forums or pictures of their bobs on Facebook or articles of their bobs or, or, or whatever, a lot of the times the idea is that they are bugging out and they are going into the woods, right? That they're camping. And I've said this over and over again. And actually, this article, uh, you know, uh, states it as well. A bug out bag means that you are going somewhere. You are bugging out to a place. You have a place that you are going to. So whether that is a retreat, whether that is, a, you know, like a weekend retreat home, whether that is somebody, you know, another relative's home out in the country, whether that is to another city, whether that is to, uh, you know, even if you're going camping uh, or you're going to uh, a hotel in another city, you you have a plan for going somewhere else and so that the contents of that bob really are to help you to make it to that destination now i know in this uh article he talked a lot about you know what if you can't you know you can't go uh on uh you have to go by fo- on foot you know so you're in your vehicle or whatever and then you wind up having to go on foot and you can pack things in your vehicle but then you have to, to go the rest of the way um, do you have basically alluding to the fact that do you have uh, some kind of backpack, some kind of thing that you can strap on to take those very important items with you and carry them out? Uh, you know, and so th- that that was the argument that was being made there. But I would I would let you know that, or I would suggest that your plan, whatever it might be, you know, you need to stock your bug out bag according to your plan, according to what you you plan on doing. So, uh, you know, if you are going to a relative's house, 
you you want to get there as fast as possible you might be able to uh, not have all the other things that a lot of other people put in their bags right some people put uh, everything the kitchen sink in their bags and then it's just so heavy that they can't ever carry it Um, you want to get to wherever you're going to and that's very important there when we're talking about bug out bags you need to know where you're going and again, even if that means you're bugging out to uh, you know somewhere where you're camping, and I know that people have done that before uh, when they were leaving the area for hurricanes, they would just go f- uh, far enough up north, you know, into Texas, and then you know head uh, most of the time is heading uh, west so that they can find a campground, uh, you know, north and northwest where they would be out of the rain and the wind and and you know f- further that way. And so people have done that before when they were when they were leaving. But if you don't have, you know, he he said here, if you don't have a place that you are going to, you are fleeing. You are just going out. You you know, you're getting in your vehicle and you're just driving. And then if you're not able to continue driving, you're walking. And where are you walking to? You know, where are you going? You you need to have a plan when it all comes down to it. And uh, so again, that plan, uh, whether it's plan B or C or D really needs to determine what you are putting in your bug out bag. Um, again, I've seen people that they put you know everything in their bug, like they're never ever coming home again, ever again. So you'd really need to put a little bit of thought into, into that and, and where you're going. You know, we've talked about uh, having some survival binders or having some emergency binders where you have important documentation um, and and you're able to take that with you. And so that is something that you need to consider taking with you in your bug out bag. If you, um, you know, if you have a situation like, um, you know, I know that I've said this many, many times, but like uh, Hurricane Harvey, where people lost everything and then they didn't have copies of uh, all their important documents and they have to spend a lot of time on the phone or going to different government agencies trying to track all those things down when you could have copies in an emergency binder that you would take with you uh, and that would be something that uh, is very very important to do and you can have that when you're doing it uh, when you're making a hard copy of an emergency binder it's easy to make two or three and you can leave one with a parent or, you know, you can put one in a safety deposit box and it makes it very easy to go ahead and make a digital version of that. And maybe you can put it in a USB that has a, you know, a pass is password protected and all that type of stuff. It would be easy to uh, to carry around. I like the idea of the insurance thing. You know, with Bob is insurance. A lot of the times we have you know, we, we carry vehicle insurance and home insurance and medical insurance and life insurance and all these things that we, we carry around and uh, having a bob or even preparedness, you know, being prepared is insurance. And when you really think about it, it you know, he does make a good argument at the end here that it, the items in the bob are, have intrinsic value. That if you, you know, if you're not going to use it at some point, somebody can use it, you can sell it, you can barter it. Um, just like, you know, the food that you purchase as, as in, uh, you know, whatever it is, long-term food preparations, or you're just stocking up your pantry, you're going to use those things. Um, you know, you're doing it because you want to be prepared, but it's something that you're going to be able to use. It's not just like going to waste and, uh, you know, that you're never using it there. 
So anyway, lots of good information. Maybe you start to, to put together a bug out bag and uh, you know, different items and, and, and things like that. Um, again, I would tell you to really think through where you're going to bug out to. If you have some family members, you have some grandparents, maybe you have some, you know, uh, second cousins or whatever, you know, that are out in the country and, uh, you know, maybe you get to know them. Maybe you haven't uh, been able to uh, talk with them recently, but you can connect with them on Facebook and, and uh, you know, eventually get to a point where you're like, hey, look, if something happens here, is it cool if I go you know, and, and hang out with y'all for a little while until things calm down here. Or, you know, if, uh, something like, uh, what happened down on the Gulf coast, if, if they are flooded, you know, can I, if I can make it here, can I stay with you until the flood waters recede or, or whatever, you know, there should be a plan that you have in place, uh, that, that you can get to. And so that's, that's part of it that you need, you need to really be thinking about how you can get out, uh, of where you, where you are, where danger is, and you can get to a safer location because just bugging out and, and walking into the woods is not really a plan. You know, this isn't the walking dead. This isn't, you know, uh, the road. This isn't the end of the world. You're wanting to make sure that you can get somewhere where you are safe and you have a place. So that is that is a, a big important part of that. And then the other part of that is maybe you need to start making uh, your bug out bag. You need to start putting it together. Things that if you just had five seconds to go run and grab it, that you could grab that and feel comfortable that you had things in there that you could survive with for two, three, four days. And, uh, you know, so go ahead and start putting one of those in place for every family member. And let me give you just a heads up. Um, if you are looking for some decent backpacks, uh, you can go to Walmart and spend 20, 30 bucks on a really cheap backpack that'll break on you pretty quick. But uh, if you will go and hit some, you know, Goodwill stores, uh, some resale shops, you can find some really great deals on some uh, really well-made backpacks and, uh, you know, use those. Uh, sometimes you get those for three, four, five dollars and uh, you find some really great deals, um, something better than you would find like, a, you know, a cheap backpack at Walmart that'll break. The straps are going to break down on you and, and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, just a little heads up there and a little bit of elbow grease and cleaning it up. Uh, makes it look brand new. So I uh, just wanted to kind of throw that out at you because I have done that before and I have found some really great bags to use. And uh, so you might want to do that out there. All right, guys. Well, that is it for episode 349. I hope it was beneficial to you. I hope it was uh, something that uh, maybe caught your attention and something that you can start adding to your preparedness. Uh, there's just there's a lot, and we are all we are all learning and growing. And I do appreciate you being a part of the Prepper Website podcast. Uh, I'm truly blessed uh, when I look at the numbers and people that are listening to the podcast, it just keeps going, uh, going up, it's growing. And so uh, I really do appreciate that. And uh, I really do appreciate your listenership. And uh, if you are wanting to connect on a more meaningful way, if you are on social media, I'd love for you to come on over to the Facebook group. We have a great group of people over there and, uh, you know, we can ask questions, you can ask questions, you can, and, and, and not feel like people are going to make fun of you. Um, there's a lot of new people to preparedness. There are uh, very experienced people, people who live in the city and the suburbs, people who live out on, on, on their homesteads. And so there's just a lot of wisdom over there. So if you uh, have any questions, that's the place to go. And so I feel very comfortable uh, promoting that. 
Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.